Hey guys, before we get started, we partnered with EasyRx Drug Card to help save you money on your prescription medications here in the U.S. It's free, there's no club to join, just bring the prescription discount card with you the next time you're filling your prescription to see if it can save you some cash. If it does, great, if not, throw it away. There's a link on our show notes where you can download, text, or print your prescription discount card. Give it a shot. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name is Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey, pretty girl. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I, I tell you what, I'm gopped up on the goop. I think I've had like seven cups of coffee today. We went out to a nice walk with our kids and we had coffee, of course, on the way and we're while we were walking. Then we decided to go out to a very rare breakfast uh, with the kids because we had all four kids. Usually our, our teenage son usually sleeps in. So Did you say four kids? Well, I mean, the four of us. I'm sorry. We oh, okay. Don't, oh. I was like, I don't remember giving birth to two other kids. No, thank God. Wow, that'd be a yeah, lot You need work. to simmer down on that coffee there pal yeah i'm you're not even sped up right now this is one x so um yeah i I, i've had what two three cups at the uh first watch Mm -hmm. if you don't have a first watch near you it's a wonderful little chain of breakfast and lunch restaurants now i've had you know we just recorded a one episode because we're going to be gone in chicago for my brother's uh wedding coming up here Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a second but uh got a nice decaf cup of coffee to help bring me down a little bit god i was looking at that steaming cup and like oh i can smell it right now and i'm getting like uh like I'm, I'm salivating a little bit. So I, I love coffee. We should name our, our podcast something about coffee. We should. Good yeah. idea. How about that? I love coffee too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's 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 talk about it. Oh, and uh, thank you everybody for the, the kind reviews that uh, we've had a bunch flood in from our TikTok uh, listeners and people that found us through there and just our regular listeners. We really appreciate it. There's been a lot of great ones. Um, for instance, here, DVBBGGGGG said, fantastic pod. Love their banter as a couple. They're so witty and entertaining. Aw. They must be talking about me. This must be somebody we know. Nobody would be this nice would they uh there's a lot of nice people out in the world there are so they have me laughing out loud every episode and their take and deliverance of the stories are brilliant well organized and easy to follow not to mention their selections are always high quality having you on the edge of your seat waiting to hear more can't stop listening oh how nice that is a overly super nice review and thank you so yes, much yes it really is and it, it just warms our hearts and makes us feel like the things we're putting our, out are actually good and so it means a lot i do feel sorry if you have all those letters because of your name like maybe it's dvbbggggg like what if their name's david victor brian no Greg? i don't think so because whenever i leave reviews on people's podcasts it like completely jacks up my name oh really yes i have no idea why huh honestly i don't think it gives me an option to put my name in yeah oh well, so, that's weird i don't um, know if you're looking to leave a review just go to the apple podcast area scroll all the way to the bottom and you can leave a review it's sometimes hard to find what if i don't have an apple phone mike then you don't have to leave oh spotify is a good spot for that there you go yeah that's what, you're looking <laughs> that's for. what i was looking for that's what you're fishing for yes um so yeah let's talk about my brother's wedding coming up here yeah in one week wedding. we've got a wedding yeah it's gonna be exciting the kids are standing up uh, little reese's gonna be a flower girl and cameron's gonna be standing up in the wedding and i'm a um, bridesmaid you're the best man better man pop better man that was from wedding singer yeah i know and uh it really true in this case too i'm also the better man because i'm older and wiser oh yeah sure that's the only reason tooting your own horn over there so we're we're excited to go see the family again and celebrate a brand new marriage i mean how exciting is that we're so old yeah we've been married for over 20 years it's just such an exciting time well apparently there's a thing now sorry to cut you up yeah you did i was literally my mouth was still formed as in i'm speaking go ahead Uh, no mike you go ahead well i'm used to 
being cut off. So I'm trying to get my word in edgewise. <laughs> now, there's this thing now with when we had weddings, when we were in our 20s, it would be like, you know, 2002 area, 2006, you know, that that age. We didn't have late dinner snacks at weddings. And mm-hmm. now that's like a thing everywhere, apparently. So, I mean, it's it's a great idea because people are dancing, they're drinking. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And who doesn't love some tacos or something like that? You know, Absorb of some of the alcohol. Yeah. Did my Siri just talk? I don't know. Yeah, she just told me about getting married in oh. your 20s and 30s. How about that? Uh, Thanks, so, Siri. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. My brother and uh, future, do- uh, not my daughter-in-law, <laughs> my sister-in-law <laughs> are going to have sliders and hot dogs. That's so cool. And that's later. So I get to eat like five times that day. Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to be dancing the whole night. So that's usually where I burn my calories. So I was just going to say how it's such an exciting time when you're starting your life together as a couple. And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to get married to feel that. I'm just thinking about when we got married. It was just so exciting. We were we got married on on our on my 23rd birthday. You were 23 as well. But we had never lived together. We had gotten our first apartment. And then like two nights after our wedding was the first time we slept in our apartment together. And it was just such a like magical time. It was the kickoff of the rest of our lives. Yeah, it was really cool. It's, it's awesome. So I'm just so happy for them. I'm just excited to go up and celebrate them and to have some cool weather yes because friggin florida is friggin hot we've got 90 degree weather every single day until the end of september and it's not only that it's just the steaminess of it where i saw we're gonna hit like some 75 degree highs some 50s and oh it's gonna be lovely you know it's interesting talking about weather it is so on that note let's get started (laughs) shall we let's do it so this is the sad story of the murder of katie blavelt so katie grew up in south carolina She was known for being an animal lover and an overall good kid. Her mom, Patricia, would say that Katie enjoyed life. She had a heart of gold and she would do anything for anybody. You don't find anyone sweeter, kinder, nicer, and loving than Katie. She was the youngest of two children and she was raised by her single mom. So at age 21, Katie got a job at Firehouse Subs. She was working in conjunction with going to school at Greenville Technical College. Love Firehouse Subs. You know, I really, I don't know if I've ever had Firehouse Subs. Haven't been there in a while, but great subs. Is that weird? That No. Okay. So while working, Katie began to connect with a man who frequented the shop. This was 28-year-old Army Staff Sergeant John Blavelts. John worked next door to Firehouse Subs at the Army Recruiting Office. Weird that they would have the same last name. Well, maybe they got married, <laughs> Maybe Mike. they did. Maybe they did. Spoiler alert. So John, um, like I said, he worked next door, so he often hit the Firehouse Subs for lunch. Um, Katie felt an instant connection to John since her family had a military connection. Katie happened to work with her aunt, and it's interesting, I say, or maybe this was Katie. This was Katie's niece, so she was working with her niece. My apologies. So her niece was only four years younger than her. It was her sister's daughter. Um, so they were more like cousins, probably, than they were aunt and niece. Right. So her niece is Cheyenne Paxton. The two worked together. Um, they were very close in age, so therefore they were just very close together. So Cheyenne got to know John since he often came in for lunch. When they first met, she assumed he was a nice guy since he was in the army. You know, you think like, gosh, this guy's sacrificing himself to like serve his country. You have like immediate preconceived notions of somebody. So despite the 10 years he had in the, he had served his country to that date, there were definitely issues. Soon Cheyenne and Katie realized that John was actually married So he's connecting with Katie and you can tell that there's flirtation happening. You assume he's a single guy. 
No. Not only was he married, but he lived nearby with his wife and young daughter. Okay. Stop this um, real, this story here. Uh, I, when you hear of army guy, do you think they're probably a nice person? I think that they're very... Courageous. Courageous, for Absolutely, sure. Absolutely. For giving 100%. their time and effort to the country. 100%. 100% because I'm not doing it. I know what you're thinking right now. You're, you're thinking, where is this going? Yeah, where is this going? I don't. I mean, you have to be an aggressive type of person to be in the army and want to go defend your country, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think that like a nice guy, like I don't like, you know, like a fireman or a cop, I, you know, they're, they're like very courageous. They're out there putting their lives on the line every day. You know, I don't I don't necessarily think nice, yeah, which they can be for sure. But that, that's interesting aspect. Though. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, family members. Like I think it was Katie's grandpa maybe had served in the army. So they just had these notions of what to expect with somebody. And you think selfless for sure. Very because, selfless. Yeah. Um, so this is a big red flag that he's in there probably most days of the week, probably more to see Katie than he was to order sandwiches Than ordering his hook and ladder sub. Exactly. So this is not a good thing. So, um, Patricia remembers this is Katie's mom. Patricia remembers that her daughter kept the relationship under wraps when they first started seeing each other, not even confiding in the family. Under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, it's punishable criminal offense for a service member to engage in adultery. None of this stopped John from progressing the relationship along. A punishable criminal defense. That's I mm-hmm. didn't know about that. That's I did incredible. know about that from other podcasts I had listened to. For a service man or woman to engage in it. So engage not, in adultery. Not necessarily their... Because the husbands and wives of these people that are gone overseas are not you know, under the same. No, because they're not in the service. Right. But I thought maybe because they live on, you know, some of them live on base. It might be the same. No, it's not. So he was actually, you know, having doing something criminal. Yeah. In this, you know, pursuing this relationship. So not only is it a moral, but it's actually like illegal. Did you say how they found out he was married? Um, I don't know if it just kind of came out. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it was discovered that he was actually married at the time. So Cheyenne was encouraging Katie to hold off on progressing the relationship until John was fully separated. But Katie told her family that she loved John. She seemed happy and the two were very attracted to each other. He loves the sandwiches I make him. Things are going very well. Yes, there was an undeniable connection there. And, did they you know, did, like date? Did they go out on dates and stuff? I th- I'm not sure how they did the relationship while John was still married. So it was mostly just sandwich making, probably, huh. and just flirting. And w- what the relationship was outside of this, I I really don't know. So eventually, John did divorce his wife. And only seven months after meeting each other, John and Katie moved in together. Patricia, Katie's mom, had been raised by a military father, and she remembers not being very impressed with John on their first meeting. She said that she had this certain level of expectations, knowing that John was in the military, and he did not meet those expectations. She expected him to be polite and courteous, but he just wasn't that way. Hmm. So Katie and her mom were in the middle of texting one day about something random when Katie all of a sudden dropped the bombshell that she and John had eloped that very day. Oh, man, that hurts as a parent because you want to be part of that day. Right. And you feel kind of betrayed that you didn't even know it was happening. Right. So Patricia was shocked. She also felt 
it was a bad omen that it also happened to be Pearl Harbor Day that they had gotten married. Friends and family had hoped the relationship would move more slowly, that they would date longer and get to know each other better because everything moved very quickly. And John had just recently gotten divorced. Yeah, like if it feels wrong, it's probably wrong. Yeah, it, yeah. and it's, it's tough because with your kid, if you push them away, then you're not going to be able to talk to them much and say, this is a bad decision. They're not going to talk to you anymore. So that, that's tough. You don't want the person to shut down. So Cheyenne was very taken aback at the big jump into marriage. She and Katie had often talked about their future weddings and how they would do their planning together, be each other's bridesmaids. So the fact that not a single family member was present that day was very off-putting to many people. 100%. I mean, you know, there you can talk about distant cousins or whatever. That you know, that doesn't matter as much, but the people that are part of your everyday life, you know, give them the opportunity to go with you. And that, even if you want to just go down to the courthouse. Sure. I get that. You don't want to take all the time and money to plan a wedding. You just want to be married. I get that. Absolutely. But call me and I want to witness this union. I want to share it with you. Exactly. I want to share it with you. You have to have a witness. Like you have to have somebody besides the person marrying you. There has to be another witness. So who that was, I don't know. Well, they can all the fishing can bring somebody. Okay. But so despite the fact that Katie and John had no kids together, they moved into a four bedroom home. John's intention was to get roommates to help with the bills. And soon Cheyenne was asked to share a room, which she agreed to since the rent was low. You know, she's young, too. So she's like, hey, sweet. I get to live with my aunt and I get to save some money. She was going to school during the day. Um, Cheyenne was. John was at work and Katie worked nights. So really, the only time they were all together was the weekends because they were all busy. So Cheyenne was able to witness the flaws of the relationship firsthand. One instance, she heard Katie and John outside screaming at each other. When she went out to intervene and investigate what the hell was going on, Katie was telling John to leave her alone and give her some space. The fighting was so loud that Cheyenne was concerned that the neighbors were going to call the police on them. And Patricia discovered that John had a drinking problem. Patricia is Katie's mom. During a drunken episode, John threatened her daughter. He would sleep it off and the next day would be better, but the pattern would continue. And, you know, you can blame it on being drunk, but the things you say to someone, even when you are drunk, it ma- I mean, it still sticks. Yeah, because it's something that you're probably thinking. You right. know, just not, not courageous enough to say it when you're not drunk. And maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just bringing out this bad side of you. But regardless, it's not a, it's not a free pass. Right. You can't just say, well, I was drunk. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that because it's a dangerous, slippery slope. Then it's going to happen over and over again. At some point, you got to be responsible for what you're saying. And at some point, if this bad part of you is coming out when you're drinking maybe you need to stop drinking if you care about the relationships you have yes if you want this relationship to succeed and you're finding that this like demons coming out of you when you're drinking you need to just like put the drink away so this was kind of the pattern that was going on john was nearly 30 at this point yet he was known around town for hosting local high school students to party at his house oh what a creep very strange and uh i imagine girls and boys both it sounded like it was both not just girls but But when you're edging on 30 and you're married what the hell are you connecting with 17 and 18 year olds yeah and whether it's a girls or guys like if you're hanging out with a 30 year old that 30 year old's a loser and and, as a teenager yeah (laughs) trust me every other 30 year old think that thinks that guy sucks 
And, you know, Katie was concerned by this. She asked him to stop explaining that it's illegal to be giving alcohol to underage kids. I don't I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but this isn't a good idea, John. I mean, I would be out the door because I when I was 17, I really often didn't connect with a lot of 17 year olds because I was like, oh, so stupid. Uh, Like we say a lot. You were born a 45 year old. I was born a 45 year old. So at 30, I couldn't imagine wanting to host high school kids at my house. Yeah. So this was alarming to Katie, but John just told her to shut up and mind her own business. He was going to do what he wanted. Not the same sandwich shop, John. No, I guess that was the charming side of John. So eventually, parents got wind of what was happening. When I say parents, I mean parents of the high school kids. They were starting to hear bits and pieces of where their kids were that night, and they reported John to the school. Police responded to his house to assess the situation and observed that the house was packed with underage teens. Oh, my God. They caught him red-handed. Red-handed. However, Cheyenne recalls the situation. She recalls this night clearly. So she said that when the police showed up, John demanded that no one answer the door, saying that the police had no right. Soon the street was lined with police cars, with police walking all around the house trying to gain access to the house. I mean, technically, you can't. they're, they're not allowed in. Unless they have a search warrant. Right. So, But they're allowed to look at stuff. And if they view something illegal going on, I think they can come in. I don't know how. I don't know. But authorities eventually did get a search warrant. And John was arrested on the spot for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Police called Katie for more information on the situation. She was not there that evening. And this is when she revealed that her husband had pointed a revolver at her and threatened to kill her. Uh, sweetheart, time to get out of this relationship, unfortunately. After he pointed the gun at her, he turned the gun on himself and threatened to kill himself. He took a different gun, told her he would kill anyone that she knew, and then fled the residence. Well, congratulations. I hate this guy now. Yeah, he's a real scumbag. And domestic violence charges were added on top of his initial, um, what was a charge of delinquency of a minor. Which seems kind of pretty minor, I would right. guess. So this was basically the end of Katie and John's relationship. Thank God she awesome. got out of it. Okay, I didn't expect that. So they separated and Katie moved back home with her mom. Cheyenne moved out as well. Of course, she wasn't going to stay living under John's roof. So it was soon discovered that John began dating one of Cheyenne's 17-year-old friends. And here we go. The 17-year-old dating the 30-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 30- okay, again, kids, we say it a lot. If you're younger, you know, I know we do have some younger listeners. Don't be dating that 25 to 30-year-old dude because he's a complete freaking loser. I can't stress that enough. And I know you, you don't want to hear it from your parents, but from two 43-year-olds, all these stories, you know, they, they all point the same direction. These older guys hanging out with teenagers are freaking losers. You don't want that for your future. Not to mention it's illegal for a 26 to a 30-year-old to be dating a 17-year-old. Well, they can hang out. They just can't have sex. Well, I'm sure there was probably... They weren't playing patty cake when they were alone together. <laughs> it's true. But we do still, so that's fine. <laughs> Mike, come to bed. Let's play patty cake. I don't want to play any more patty cake. I want to have intercourse with my wife. <laughs> no, Mike. Just patty cake. Yeah. So this is 17 year old hannah thompson and cheyenne recalls her friend being completely infatuated with john 
it's like you feel so flattered that this like 27, however old he was at the time, is into you. You're like, wow, this is amazing. Of course. I don't blame the younger teenagers, the 17-year-old. I don't blame her at all. It's it's exciting. It's cool. You got a guy who can get you anything you want. Mm-hmm. Cigarettes. He's and got booze, his own home. Uh, yeah. Car. I mean, this the life is yours. You pretty much have an open invitation to anything you want. But pretty soon, Hannah began to isolate her family and stop talking to her friends. She was so infatuated with John that she basically pushed anyone else that had been close to her out of her life. Well, kind of like Katie when she eloped yes, with John. Yes, exactly. I mean, this guy's a definite monster. He's going to... Anybody pushing you away from your family is kind of a piece of shit. I mean, that's just kind of how abuse happens. It's a slow process. You slowly st- start to isolate this person from anyone that's going to support them and say, hey... There's a lot of red flags here. You need to get yourself out of this. They want to get those people out of this person's life so that they can do it in the peace of their own, you know, home and not have more wise eyes looking at what they're doing. It's a lot easier to manipulate someone exactly. when you just have one-on-one. Thank one on you. One. You said that a lot more eloquently than I just did. It happens. So Katie began to take the steps towards divorce, eager to put her life that she had had with John in the past and move forward as you would expect her to. So on October 24th, 2016, Katie was leaving her new job at a pet store when she got a call from Cheyenne inviting her to dinner. Cheyenne remembers that Katie sounded strange and told her that she was just driving around but could meet her in a while. However, hours had passed, but Katie had never shown up to dinner. Texts and phone calls went unanswered, and they even drove past John's house to see if maybe Katie went over there. Sure. But her her car wasn't there. When there was still no sign of Katie, Patricia, Katie's mom, filed a formal police report. Loved ones began searching the area, and soon two friends made a horrific discovery. Katie's body was found in the basement of an abandoned house where they all used to party. It was apparent that there was a struggle before her death. Katie's cause of death was a knife wound to her throat. Oh, man. Just devastating. Unfortunately, you know, I was so proud of Katie for getting out of that, but a psychopath like this, John, which you didn't realize he was a psychopath. You just thought he was a loser and a piece of shit and an asshole. But clearly, he's a lot more evil than that. Yeah. So still being her next of kin, however, John was called. He was informed of Katie's murder. Were they were they still married at this time? Yes. Okay. She was pursuing divorce. Yeah. But it had yet to happen. It takes a long time. Yeah. So he was very unemotional when he was told of her death. He talked about how bad the relationship had been. Simpsonville police investigator Keith Keith Moorcraft remembers that the hair on the back of his neck just stood up during his conversation. This is not the reaction. Whether or not you guys broke up, she's dead. She was murdered. You expect to hear shock in somebody's demeanor well as soon as they see this guy acting this way Mm -hmm. they know they've got their guy of course they do i mean a a professional investigator is going to be like yep he's the one that did it this is the guy at this point we're going to just need to find the smoking gun and there wasn't a single sound or sign that john was upset by the news of katie's death so patricia recalls this being the worst day of her life as it would be any parents sure any parents worst nightmare she said that Katie did not deserve that. Katie was so sweet. She was so kind and generous. John quickly became, obviously, suspect number one. They believe that the motive was the upcoming domestic violence case. If he was found guilty, not only would he face prison time, but he would also lose his job in the army. So he had a lot at stake here. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. If you want to get out of a domestic violence charge, go kill your oh, yeah. wife. Just go ahead and take it. Just put a knife to her throat yeah i'm being completely sarcastic by Piece the way of shit. it's it's you don't 
I, we say this all the time. I don't know what goes through people's minds. When right. This that makes this sense was the solution. Yeah. Like move somewhere, man. I don't know. There's a, there's other options. And Keith Moorcraft felt that it was possible that John tracked Katie down to try to talk her out of pressing charges and that this is how their meetup went. And so, she's probably like, no, I don't think so. He's like, Are you, I'm going to threaten you because I'm an asshole and a chauvinistic piece of shit. And I'm probably going <laughs> to push you against a wall. Are you sure you're not going to? Or maybe force her into it. Right. And maybe he was convincing on the phone because they were together. That's how he was able to overtake her. And say, or, you know, convincing, saying, hey, I'm going to lose everything I've ever worked for. I, you know, if you want to be that manipulative side. Mm-hmm. And her being a nice person, like they you said in the beginning, maybe she had a soft spot. Maybe, but obviously he didn't go about it in a gentle, manipulative way. He went about it in a violent way. Right. So by November 18th, 2016 there was an official warrant out for john's arrest but he was nowhere to be found both he and his 17 year old girlfriend hannah thompson were on the run and you know what this would have been the thing to do before killing your wife just leave yeah go ahead go on the run don't be killing people because instead of facing a domestic violence charge now you're facing a murder charge right and you're gonna fry because you're a piece of shit so the u.s marshals joined in the search and they found evidence that the couple had been in alabama texas and california Two months had passed when Thompson reached out for help. This is a 17-year-old girl. She doesn't realize what she got herself into, but now, you know, she's like, Mom and Dad, please help me. Yeah, turn him back into the baby. You know, mm-hmm. come on. Like, this isn't something I expected here. So she called her parents from Eugene, Oregon, saying that she was ready to come home. At the time of the call, her parents discovered that John had abandoned her one night while they slept. Both had been homeless while staying in Oregon. He had been going to the he had been going by the name Ben Klein while he was on the run. Thompson was reunited with her family in December of 2016. Oh good, thank God. Yeah, thank goodness that he didn't harm her. So, Deputy US Marshal Will Cook fa- felt that based on John's military training, he was considered to be a danger to the community. Of course, 100%. Very much so. Not I mean, not to mention he so easily killed his wife. He's comfortable being uncomfortable. And Patricia would say, John needs to be caught before he destroys another life, takes another life, destroys another family. I will never get to hear her say, I love you, mom. I miss you, mom. I mean, it's just so sad. Like we watched something recently where they say the worst thing for a parent is to lose their kid. Especially in a violent way where this guy ends her life. Yeah. So after nearly six years, so now we're looking at just a couple months ago, there was been an, there was an update on the case. This all came down July 21st, 2022, this year. Wow. The United States Marshals confirmed that John was taken into custody on July 20th and is now behind bars. Holy shit. I can't so, believe it took yes, so long. Yes, it took that long that he was on the run. So they found him in Medford, Oregon. He's facing charges for murder and possession of a weapon during a violent crime. Since Thompson was found in December of 2016, that's his girlfriend, Hannah, deputies work to track down every possible lead in Oregon. John is currently in Jackson County Jail in Oregon, awaiting his extradition to South Carolina, where he will face his formal charges. Wow. So despite that this crime happened six years ago, there was a huge update in the case just last month. Incredible. And obviously, Patricia is relieved 
like beyond compare that he was found. She started to lose hope that, I mean, she knew this guy killed her daughter, obviously, but she started to lose hope since all these years have gone by. And she had said, I know that this isn't going to bring my daughter back, but this is bringing justice to her case. Well, it's kind of like he's winning, you know? Right. I mean, he's still out there living life and being a free person and not facing the music to what horror he did to this girl and her family. And he's trained on how to live by himself and how not to be found. You're basically, you know, higher trained than a police officer. What's weird to me, though, is that he stayed in that area. Yeah. Like, why didn't you go across the country to, you know, because they were actively looking for him where Hannah had said, like, this is where this is the area where we were. Yeah. Don't you think she's going to do that? You know? Of course. Yeah. I, but it took him a long enough time. It did. It took them close to, you know, five and a half years after Hannah had come back home. That's why so many cases go cold. It's like, how much resources can you dedicate to something? Well, and the fact that he changed his name. I mean, he was living another life. Yeah. So that's wow. the story. Incredible. So this was a shorter one. Yeah, I noticed. I'm like, okay, well, hey, that happens sometimes. Yeah, and I'm just so sorry that this horrible thing happened to Katie and that her family will suffer for the rest of their lives, but I'm just glad that this monster has been captured. A little bit more closure. Yeah. It's a really sad state of affairs. Uh, Just some guy, just uh, like, you know, like you said, somebody took your little daughter's life, Mm -hmm. that she loved this guy. It's at one point and like dedicated the rest of her life to him by marrying him. Right. And the thanks she got was murdered in a basement of, of some, an abandoned home. Yeah. Yeah. Truly sad. Well, thank you for bringing us that story and remembering Katie uh, accordingly. Sounds like she was a great kid. Yeah. It's really terrible. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you want to hear more of our episodes, then go ahead and become a patron. We come out with new episodes every Wednesday, right around noon Eastern time, uh, every other Wednesday. I was just, I was swallowing my coffee to be like, nope, not everyone. (laughs) So every other Wednesday, um, if you're tier one patron, you get um, one new episode a month. And if you're tier two, you get them every single one. So sometimes it's three a month. So uh, come on over. But thank you to our patrons, Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kelly, Dominic and Brian. We yes, appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah. And you guys are helping us get uh, better stuff. We're just bought a camera here, so we should be up on YouTube shortly mm-hmm. and we're on TikTok and Instagram, all that good stuff. But yeah, uh, we are. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate you. And until next time. Bye. bye.